Galatians chapter 3. Before we get into the Scripture, uh, I've kind of, I kind of have a long introduction here. But I'll tell you the title of my message today. The title is, Who Hath Bewitched You? Who hath bewitched you? And it comes from Galatians. We'll go ahead and read Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. That term bewitched, it's a, a pretty well-known term. I guess there was, a, there was a TV show back in the day called Bewitched. But the word bewitched, it, the definition here in the Bible, it basically means to malign or to fascinate by false representation. To be a witch. Uh, there's people all the time that have been bewitched by TV commercials. Okay? It doesn't mean there was anything satanic about it. Uh, it just means there was some false representation there and they got all caught up in something. you ever done that before? I mean, the restaurants do that all the time. They bewitch you. They go and they'll put these huge prices on this sandwich that just looks wonderful and then you go buy the sandwich and you look at it and it's like, Is this, this isn't what was on the picture. <laughs> How did they get you to buy that? They bewitched you, okay? They, they false representation, and it gets people to do all kinds of things they wouldn't normally want to do. But it says in Galatians three, it says, "O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you." So he uses that term there, and kind of what got me thinking about this message and thinking about this passage of scripture. Uh, I I had heard about a really crazy practice that goes on in another country. I don't, I don't remember what country it was. I heard a preacher talking about. Um, he said that there is a uh, I forgot what country it is, but you know what their cure is for mental illnesses. If you're like if you have a mental illness, what they do is they will stick you in a room with a hyena. So to me, that sounds like a cause of mental illness right there. But apparently enough, if you're, if you're crazy or something like that, well, that'll, that'll make you better. And I thought, wow, I'm glad I don't live in that country because uh, I'm scared of hyenas. <laughs> and that would, that would mess me up. But, you know, I, I've heard all, about all kinds of different crazy practices that go on in different countries. I, was, I, was, I have a few here. In Cambodia, there, um, the people there, they hold the terrapin turtle in very high esteem. The terrapin's touch is believed to cure rheumatism and other bodily ailments. And belief in the supernatural healing powers of animals such as turtles, cows, and snakes is a relatively common phenomenon in Cambodia. I saw a picture of these people like kissing this turtle. And I thought, wow. Where did they get that idea? Who came up with that? Another thing in... um, the people in Siwa, I'm not even sure where that's at, they believe that being buried in the sand during the hottest time of day is a therapeutic treatment which can cure rheumatism, joint pain, and all kinds of other stuff. And, and, and I saw a picture of it. It had somebody buried up to their neck in sand and they just lay out there in the hot sun. And whatever your problem is, after you come out of the sand, you're supposed to feel better. Well, here's the thing. You get buried up to your neck in the hot sun for several hours... They get you out of there, you're going to be feeling better. <laughs> so, uh, but boy, I mean, just crazy. This here, this is a pretty sad one. Um, while most cultures mourn the loss of family members, women of the Dani tribe in Indonesia must suffer great physical pain in addition to emotional pain. So when a family member dies, female relatives must cut off a segment of one of their fingers. And this practice is performed to satisfy ancestral ghosts. 
So, uh, luckily, they don't do a whole lot of that anymore, but I saw some pictures of that. Just women, basically, pretty much all their fingers were gone. And they do it usually a little bit at a time. And just crazy. I thought this one was great. In Taidong, there are a group of people from northern Borneo with a particularly uncomfortable wedding custom. For three days and three nights following the wedding, both the bride and groom are prohibited from using the bathroom. No, they can't use it of any kind. Uh, no urinating, defecating, and no bathing. They believe that this custom will lead to a long, healthy, happy, fertile marriage. In order to achieve this, newlyweds are allowed to eat and drink only very small amounts, and they're watched very closely by family members. So, boy, uh, <laughs> not, I'm, I'm glad we don't do that over here. Uh, that, that does not sound like fun three days without a bathroom. But I mean, just crazy things. There's all kinds of them that you can read about. I mean, you've all heard the stories and things that just, weird customs. And some people really believe in these things. And one story, I, um, I remember learning about William Carey. He was a Baptist missionary to India years years ago. And uh, he came across people there. They had some horrible practices. One of the things they did, they had child marriage, uh, whereby parents contracted infant daughters to marry men that they'd never met. That was one of the things they did. Another thing they would do is they would leave their very old or sick relatives by the Ganges River to die. After they'd get too old and they couldn't really take care of anymore, they'd just take them to a river and leave them there. I mean, <laughs> just horrible. Uh, mothers would sacrifice their newborn babies by drowning them in the Ganges River. Um, hook swinging where people had bamboo splints forced through their flesh attached to hooks, and were swung through the air. That does not sound fun at all. And then another thing that they did, I'm, I'm not going to take time to read the whole story, but he, um, William Carey, he writes a story here about um, widow burning. was another thing that they would do. And he tells a story about the first time he saw that here, a man had died, a husband had died, and his widow was there at the funeral. And before the funeral, she went and was basically... Uh, dancing around the, you know, her husband's corpse and everything. And then eventually she went, laid herself on his body. They covered her up with all the stuff they were going to use to burn her. And then uh, he, you know, they did everything they could to stop it. He tried to talk her out of it. it. They weren't even forced to burn the widows. The widows could volunteer to do it. And they would. And they would. They'd, they'd light the husband on, they'd light it on fire and she would burn to death with the corpse of her husband. And you know, and uh, William Carey, he got the gospel to him, and eventually they quit. They quit doing those things. Thank the Lord for that. But just, I mean, what a horrible practice! And to just kill the widow, and uh, just a horrible thing. And you know, we think about where do these things come from? You know, some of them are just horrible. Some of them are kind of funny. And a lot of times we get to look at these things, and we think sometimes people get to thinking. When we look at these other countries that do these things, you know, we think that we've never done those because we're just more highly evolved is what some people think or we're racially superior or many other things that just glorify individuals. A lot of times we do. We get really stuck in ourselves and we think that that could never be us. But the truth is, I believe in our country, uh, I think there's a reason that there's not a whole lot of that going on here. And we're going to get into why that is in a little bit. But I also believe that we're kind of heading back to some of that stuff. Because you know what? We've got some pretty crazy practices of our own here in this country that are 
that a few years ago were very strange, but now are not only becoming very common, but glorified. For example, same-sex marriage. That makes no sense. That's totally against nature. It's totally against the Word of God. Yet, it is becoming legal all over America. All, all the time. And it's being celebrated. Promiscuity. I mean, we see just the, I mean, the immoral lifestyles that people are living these days that, I mean, a hundred years ago weren't, weren't even talked about. It happened. All the, all the wickedness that's going on in our country, it's always been happening, but it's never been as accepted as it is today. But there are some things going on, I mean, that are just normal. Not just in our world, even in churches today that were not even spoken of in churches. Preachers didn't preach about it. They would, I mean, if they were to even talk about those things, it would just, it would offend people. But yet, it's just very common today. Abortion. I believe that is a very disturbing, barbaric practice that we're doing. I mean, literally just, you know, cutting infants out of their mothers and killing them. Horrible. Very common. Millions and millions of babies that have been butchered in our own country. We, sorcery. I say sorcery. We know y'all know what sorcery is in the Bible. It's basically drug use. Look at the drug use. I mean, think about it. This just drives me crazy. We've got places all over this country wanting to legalize marijuana, and at the same time, wanting to ban raw milk. I don't get that. Okay, I mean, just we. I mean, we are so messed up in this country, and the same. And some of these are the same people too that want to legalize marijuana, want to ban raw milk. I don't get it, okay? I, I really don't get it. People have been drinking milk since the beginning of time, okay? And just, but drug use, it's, it's crazy. It's out of control. You know, they're trying, one of the reasons they want to get rid of these laws is so there will be less criminals. I mean, think about it. Look how many drug crimes are just all over this country. And if you're somebody that's in charge, if you are, say, the attorney general of the country, you know, you, during your rain, I guess you could say, you would like to see crime go way down. Well, let's just start making a whole bunch of illegal things legal, and crime's going to go way down. But there's huge consequences, and people like to say, oh, you know, it doesn't do anything to you. Okay, we all know the potheads. Okay, we all know the druggies. Uh, yeah, it has a pretty serious effect, and it is, it is not a good practice, and it, it literally makes no sense. You know, just the, the amount of alcohol consumption that takes place the things that we see and we, we had a, we had a great uh, jason uh, the way he put it had more fun at wendy's the other day than he's ever had before we 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 overran wendy's the other day we had my my whole family was all here and we all went to wendy's and we're eating there and we're just sitting in there you know having a good time and all of a sudden we look and there are these two guys standing outside the house having an argument and they're i mean they're just getting into it and then finally they started swinging and it got, I mean, you couldn't hear them, but they're screaming. Fine, they start swinging. It was a pathetic fight. Uh, they, they couldn't land a punch. And, you know, and, 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 you know, the whole place, Wendy's was crowded, and everybody's just in there just watching, kind of getting entertained by these guys fighting. And, you know, so my dad called the police, and he's like, yeah, they're fine. They were just swinging at each other and all that. And he's, and he's like, wait a minute. They're hugging. They started hugging. And they kept hugging. And they're hugging and swaying back and forth. And then the guy was, like, kissing him on the cheek. I was like, and I told him, we were convinced, I think alcohol was involved. <laughs> I mean, that was not normal behavior that we saw. And they were, they went from swinging to hugging, and he wasn't, he'd kiss him on the cheek. 
they were it was it was ridiculous. I mean, we're we're in there, we're all in there laughing. We thought we thought it was it was pretty funny, but that is com- that's common stuff in our country. People said you know so raw milk's bad, beer's fine. Okay, you know, you can put you can have commercials of that, and it's just our our country's getting so goofy. You know, idolatry. We talked about this morning. One of the biggest idols in our country today are celebrities. Okay, immoral. You know, just terrible, vile human beings, and we worship them like crazy. These people that make millions of dollars to pretty much go in front of a camera and act like an animal sometimes. Do disgusting things that animals wouldn't do. It's, it's what these actors will do for money. And it's absolutely sick. Why do they do that? Because it makes them popular. And people just, they flock to them. They worship them. You know, money is a, is a big uh, idol. It's always been an idol. Another big thing, too, that's going on in this country that is getting really popular, that's always been big in heathen nations and godless cultures, is this body modification stuff. People stretching out parts of their body and just doing horrible, disgusting things to their bodies. And it's supposed to be cool, I guess. They, and I'm telling you right now, it's just, it's flat out crazy. Now, why do people do this? What is going on? And really, I think the question that we ought to be asking is not why do these people do this, but the question ought to be, why aren't, why aren't we doing these things? Why is it? Because I know it's not because any of us are superior in any way as far as, you know, we're not racially superior or, you know, we've not, we're not higher evolved or anything like that. What is the difference? What is it that's made our country different? And what's causing us to become like the other countries? Well, first, let's talk about what's make, I believe, that makes us different and that, ma- that has made America different. So we're, we're going on the wrong path really fast. But we see it in Galatians chapter 3. And basically what I'm going to try to do here in just the next few minutes, I'm going to give you a history. I'm going to preach the whole Bible to you. All right? I, I know I'm not going to do it justice, but I'm going to try to give you just a history of the whole Bible, what God was trying to do. But in, in uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you in the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The thing that has made us different is faith. Faith is what made the difference. Right here we see a great passage about faith. And the Bible talks about how it uses Abraham as an example. How Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So this story with Abraham, we don't have time to go back and read all the stories, but that event where he believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. The moment that was, when that happened, that was when God called him out of the land of the Chaldees and told him to go to a strange land, the land of the Canaanites, which is now the land of Israel. God told Abraham to go there. He didn't know anything about it, but he did it. He just believed God. He trusted him. God was calling Abraham after the Tower of Babel. You all remember just basically what happened? God made man. Man got wicked. They got really wicked. 
so wicked that God had to destroy man from the earth and He left only Noah and his family after that flood. A couple hundred years after the flood, man began to multiply again and they all they were supposed to spread out through the world, but they all stayed together in the city. And they made the Tower of Babel. You know that story? And it was shortly after the Tower of Babel, after God went down and God confounded their language, you can read the story of it in Genesis 11. They were all, all together. They were all of one language, all of one place. Total unity in the world. That's what, they, that's what they all long for in our world today, just that total unity. But you know what? God was not pleased because their unity was not in the right things. It was towards that which was evil. And so God confounded their language so they would scatter throughout the earth. And during that time, God went and He chose Abraham. God picked Abraham. And God thought, you know, I want at least one righteous nation. I want one nation that will be My people. One nation that I can give My law to. And God chose Abraham shortly after the Tower of Babel. And we see throughout the Bible God's special love and attention that He gave to the Jews. In Deuteronomy chapter 32.10, it says He found him in a desert land and in the waste-howling wilderness He led him about, He instructed him, He kept him as the apple of His eye. Talking about Israel. They're the apple of God's eye. We see in Zechariah 2 verse 8, For thus saith the Lord of hosts after the... The glory hath He sent Me unto the nation which spoiled you. For He that toucheth you toucheth the apple of His eye. Do you realize when God said this here, Israel was very far from God. They were very wicked. But yet God said, He that toucheth you toucheth the apple of God's eye. Any nation that's ever messed with Israel has always been in trouble. And we don't, we all, that's why we don't want to mess with them. We don't want to be working against them. You touch Israel, you touch the apple of God's eye. Yeah, but they're not right with God right now. They weren't then either. And yet, God always would punish the nations that would go after Israel. And, God, and so, uh, you know, that's kind of another thing there. But Israel, they were a special, special people that God had chose to give His law to. And it was through the line of Abraham we fought, through Isaac, through Jacob, through Judah. And then you get to David and his line, and we eventually got the Messiah through the Jews, through God's chosen people. Jesus Christ came along. And then, I was going verse 7, and then what happened, something happened to us. Something happened in America that I believe is the reason we are not like many other countries. And that is, I believe, in America, there we have the blessing, many of us have the blessing of Abraham. We've had the blessing of Abraham on our country. Well, what is that? Well, in verse 7 of Galatians chapter 3, it says, ye know, ye th- know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. I don't know if we have anybody in here that's got have Jewish relatives. Okay, As far as I know, uh, I don't. I'm, I'm the, of the Gentile race. Uh, my lineage, I guess, I think would probably go back to Japheth. All right, as far as I know. I could be wrong. But the Bible says that those who are of faith, we're the children of Abraham. God, God always blessed the Jews. He blessed them that blessed them, cursed them that cursed them. And it says in verse 8, And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, the heathen, who are they? The Gentiles. Okay? Okay, our ancestors, they were the, they were the heathen. They were the ones that did a lot of these crazy practices that we read about. Okay, Most of us in here, if any of us, as far as I know, we didn't come from the Jewish line. We came from the heathens, from the Gentiles. 
But it says that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, And thee shall all nations be blessed. God said that to Abraham often. By thee, all nations will be blessed. How have we been blessed? By Abraham. How have we been blessed? It said, in thee and in thy seed shall all nations be blessed. How have we been blessed? By, is that talking about the Jewish people? Did the Jewish people do something for us? Special? But we see, go on, it says, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed uh, is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Is there anybody in here that's kept every one of the Old Testament laws? Please don't raise your hand. All right, if you raise your hand, we need to talk to you after church because you need to be saved. All right, <laughs> we've all uh, we've all broken some of them laws, and therefore we are all cursed. But the Bible says that we are blessed by Abraham, but that no man is justified by the law on the side of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The way that we've all been blessed in Abraham and in the seed of Abraham is through Jesus Christ. The way that we all become children of Abraham and we can claim the blessings of Abraham is through Jesus Christ. He's the one that saved us. He's the one that changes you and I. We're from the pagan heathen nations. If we could trace it back far enough, we were just talking about before church, you know, where it all started or where it ended. And as far as, you know, the first one in my line that was saved, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I only know the story of my grandpa, my great grandpa. I, I don't. I don't know his testimony. I don't know that story. But I guarantee you, if you went back far enough, because of uh, the fact I'm a Gentile, that I guarantee you, there was probably some pretty wicked practices that went on in my, by my ancestors. I guarantee you, they weren't uh, real good people. I know they weren't the chosen people. As far as I know, there's no Jews in my lineage. But you know what? Thank God, I've been blessed my whole life. I believe I've received a lot of these blessings of Abraham. I remember when I was a kid, I remember my dad was preaching about Abraham and the blessings of Abraham. And I just, I, I remember as a kid, I thought, we must be related to Abraham. He's probably my great, 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 great grandfather because of that. And I learned later, no, you know, we're not, we don't have any Jews in our family that we know about, we're probably from Japheth. And but just because I felt like we had those same blessings in our life. Our country, the Lord has been very good to our country. The Lord I mean when we read our history and just the the good Christian men and women that we read about in our nation's history. And I mean the our Constitution, our our founding fathers we see that these were God-fearing, Bible-believing men that started our country. And the reason that we don't have these practices in our country has nothing to do with our ancestors. It has everything to do with Jesus Christ. It has everything to do with the Word of God. We had the blessing of Abraham because there are so many saved. So for, for years, I mean, so I believe, you know, now there's this debate. Are we a Christian nation? 
Well, you know, anymore we're sure not acting like it. Anymore it sure doesn't act like it. Anymore we're acting more like a heathen nation. We're acting more like the pagan nations. And I wonder if that doesn't have anything to do with why we are going into all these crazy practices. You know, some of the things I was looking up, these weird you know, religious practices and stuff and reading about them, some of them aren't that, don't sound that weird anymore. Unfortunately, when we talk about things like same-sex marriage and abortion, people don't cringe anymore. It doesn't freak them out anymore. It's becoming normal. It's becoming more and more accepted. And because we are getting away, as a nation, we are getting away from the Word of God. And we are heading into this pagan-like behavior that our ancestors did. Our ancestors were saved out of. And so the reason that we don't do these things, most of the things we do, you know, why is it in our country, for the most part, it's pretty much you're only allowed to marry one person. You know, why don't we why don't any of the husbands here have multiple wives? Well, we all know it's because your wives that you have now would kill you. But why is it that they won't accept that? Maybe it's because they've been taught for years and taught their whole life. One man and one woman. You don't get multiple wives. Well, you know what? In other countries and other places where the Word of God's not around, that's not a common practice. It's the Word of God that teaches husband of one wife. It's the Word, it's the word of God that teaches what God hath joined together. Let not man put aside. That's why, that's why we do those things. You know, why don't we go throw our kids in the river? Why don't we take our elderly relatives and just leave them at the river to die? Why don't we do that? Because we read in the Bible just the value of life and the sanctity of life. We read in the Bible. Honor thy father and thy mother. Taking your mom and leaving her at the river to die because you're tired of taking care of her, that's not honoring. Okay, that's, that's horrible. We Listen, we don't do these things. We think it's because we're this moral superiority. It's because of the Word of God. We've been taught these things. Your ancestors probably practiced some of those very things. If we could go back far enough. But we've got a great history in this country. And things like that are very frowned upon. But you know what? There's still other countries where it, that kind of thing still goes on. And we're, so we're, we're getting to that point. And so that blessing of Abraham that's been on this country, how did it get here? What is it that happened? We'll go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. How did we go from being heathen to and having heathen practices to the blessing of Abraham to Jesus Christ? It, and the answer to that is 100% missionaries. Missionaries did it. In Acts chapter 17, verse 1, it says, Now when they had passed through Amphiphilos and Apollyon, they came to Thessalonica and were in the synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down, 
are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. Do you see what happened here? This is what happened here is what happened everywhere Paul went. Paul would go and he would teach things that was contrary to their practices. It was contrary to what everybody did in that area. It was the Word of God. It was the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And whenever he did that, things would start changing. And the people in leadership, of course, they didn't like it. They hated that, and so they often would persecute them. They'd throw them in prison. They'd try to kill them. Many of the, all, all the apostles, except for John, I believe, died a martyr's death because these guys, like they said here, they turned the world upside down. What were they doing? They were changing things. They went and they spread out and they went everywhere they could and they preached the gospel to the heathen nations. They preached the gospel to our ancestors. They preached to them. And when they did, some of them, they turned. They quit doing those practices. They quit worshiping those idols. I mean, aren't you glad that we don't have to, we don't have to go around praying to statues? Aren't you glad we don't have to do that? I, I sure am. They can't do anything for you. And, but that's probably what our ancestors did. But somebody went and they took the gospel to them. They spread the gospel. And when they did, it turned the world upside down. It changed nations. It changed cultures. And we have a country here that was started and it was founded on Christian principles. And thank God for that. Thank God that we had, we, our nation, unlike other nations, we had a great, great start. And God's blessed our nation. And because the Word of God, for the most part, has always been a part of our culture, there's just certain things that we didn't get into. We've not gotten, not really gotten into polygamy. Now, there's, been, there's a group that's come through that you all know. Mormons, that many of the Mormon people that believe in that. But um, for the most part, we've, that's never really been practiced. In this country, as far as I know, I think it's still illegal. Probably not for long. We're letting, so our marriage laws are getting really goofy. Pretty soon, polygamy will probably be fine because we're getting away from the Word of God, because we're not spreading the gospel like we should. I mean, the family unit, you know, just morality, people keeping themselves pure until marriage, that used to be common practice. It used to be what everybody did. Why? Because people were taught the Word of God. And even in the public schools, people used to be taught the Bible. They used to be taught the Ten Commandments. Now we can't even have the Ten Commandments in a courthouse because apparently thou shalt not kill might offend somebody. And it's just out of control. We can't have the Bible in the schools. Well, maybe that's why. Maybe, maybe because we replaced the Bible with Darwinism, survival of the fittest, maybe that's why now we have shootings and things going on in school. Back before the Bible was taken out of school, you know what the big problems were in the schools? They had shooting problems. Shooting spitwads. That was one of the big problems. Shooting spitwads and running in the halls. And talking when they weren't supposed to. And now look at it. Now schools, they need to have metal detectors and they've got to have security guards. And they're even talking about having you know, armed guards in schools because... Why? Because we're teaching them they're just animals. Survival fish. You, didn't, you weren't created... You're a product of evolution. And I tell you, all you have to do is look at what's being taught, what's being promoted in this country, and it is clear we are heading on the wrong path to back to heathenism. Back to finger cutting. Back to burning widows. 
leaving relatives at the river. I mean, they're already talking. You know, there's people out there that want, they want to get euthanizing back. We won't leave them at the river. We'll give them a lethal injection. Put them down like a dog. I mean, just it's just absolutely ridiculous. The spreading of the gospel is what stopped these things. In India, they stopped doing these practices, not because of Hinduism, because of missionaries who brought the gospel and taught these things and got rid of those problems. So what's causing us to go back to that? Why are we going back to that? Why would a nation that's received the gospel and that's had the blessings that we've had in this country, why would we be going back to that? And it's simply because of what we see in Galatians 3.1. He asked the question, Who hath bewitched you? We are being bewitched. And like I said, bewitched, like I said, doesn't mean, there's not some witch somewhere putting a spell on everybody. But we are being deceived. We're being fascinated by false representation. I'm telling you right now, and I, I don't want... I don't want to be disgusting. But I'm telling you, when it comes to this homosexuality stuff that's being promoted, the way it is promoted on TV is not the real thing. I mean, I could tell you stories of, of the real... It's just it's too disgusting to even talk about. I don't even want to think about it. It is so false what is being represented on there. What The, the immorality they're trying to promote with young people the way they make it appear, the way they make it look, it is a blatant lie. People think these days, you know, to get to know somebody, you've got to get physical. That that's the only way to do it. Keeping pure to marriage, that's, just, that's for crazy religious people. No, that is a lie. That is an absolute lie. And what they are showing, it just flat out doesn't work. The, you know, the beer commercials, I don't, I don't know why people want to drink. But then you see the beer commercials. It sure looks like a lot of fun. They're being bewitched. That's false representation. If they're going to do things honest, they ought to be showing commercials of people puking their guts out. They ought to show pictures of wives getting beat by their drunk husbands. They ought to show pictures of you know, uh, the after effects of a drunk driving accident. That's what they ought to be showing. They ought to be showing pictures of people's liver after it's been destroyed from that junk. That's what they ought to be doing. But they're not going to. You know why? That's simply because of money right there. That's a big, big money maker and they've got people in high places. They're not going to get rid of that. But they're being bewitched. Why do, why do young people just gravitate towards that stuff? I mean, they'll go around people's back. You know, they'll go and pay somebody extra money that's older so they can go buy it for them. Why do they do that? Why will people go you know, buy all those drugs? Why do they go after that stuff? They're being bewitched by false representation. And you just see it what's, what's on the television. What's on the TV commercials, it is a lie. What they're hearing from their friends, what's being told them on the internet, I mean, the, the, it's, it's horrible and it's working. We've got, the, they're being bewitched by Hollywood. You know, the news media. I mean, those people, they, they just, they lie and lie. They make it look so good. Our, even our politicians, our elected officials, lying to our country, saying that things are okay, saying that this is normal, saying this will bring you happiness, and it destroys lives. It brings down cultures. And it, it will and it will destroy our nation. And people are falling for a hook, line, and sinker. They're being bewitched. No other being be, any of any of us can be bewitched if we don't keep our nose in the Word of God. 
We've got it. We, that's why we've got to read it. Because we are constantly hearing things that are contrary. We've got to remind ourselves, hey, God's Word is truth. What does the Bible say about that? We've got to learn to reject those things. You know, it shouldn't be a surprise this is happening. The Bible said that it was going to come. And what's happening? The ultimate goal. What's going on here? So, this, so Satan's in on this thing. And what's happening is we're being deceived into going back to a Tower of Babel mentality. We see in the book of Revelation all throughout prophecy that someday there's going to be a one world government. There's going to be a one world religion. The world's all going to unite under one person. That person is going to be the Antichrist. And the Bible says in 1 John 4 verse 3, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. The Antichrist, I don't know if he's here yet. He might be. But I do know the spirit of Antichrist is alive and it is working and it's being very successful right now. Trying to unite us all on all things that are wicked. Anyone who says that Jesus is a Christ is not come in the flesh is not of God, the Bible says. And that is Antichrist. Anyone who says that Jesus Christ is not the only way to heaven is Antichrist. That is Antichrist. We do not unite under that. Why can't all the religions just come together? Because all the religions won't admit that Jesus is the Christ. They're basically saying, why don't we all unite under a lie? Why can't all the nations get along? Why can't all the churches get along? Because they they will not admit that Jesus is the Christ. Well, why can't we just compromise? We don't make the rules. Okay, that's just that's the way it is. That's truth. You don't change truth just based on what the majority thinks. We don't have the option. We do not have the luxury to do that. I mean, you know, before Noah's flood, if, they, if all the people just got together and said, you know what, there's not going to be a flood, would that have stopped it? Because the truth is, most of them did. There was only eight people that got on that ark. Only eight. And thank the Lord, those people didn't say, well, 99.9% of the world doesn't believe a flood's coming. Therefore, that must be truth. Why don't we just get along? Why don't you just be united? If we would listen to them, the whole world would be in harmony. And then the whole world would have been dead. And let me tell you, destruction's coming. Armageddon's coming. And I don't know about you, but I, you know, I like getting along with people, but I'd rather be on the right side. I'm not going to sacrifice truth. I'm not going to give up truth. I'm not, I'm not looking to fight with people. I'm not looking to just be a pain in the neck. But I'm not going to accept a lie. Just to make everybody feel good. We've got to stay, stick to the truth. Because, and because so many people are accepting that lie, let's just all get together. We are rapidly going back to paganism, to heathenism. And these, if you think it's bad now, it can get a whole lot worse. Just look at what's going on in some of these heathen countries today. These godless countries. It's absolutely horrible the way that they live. I mean, we could all tell stories. I could tell stories that are just they're too disgusting to speak about in public. And that could be this country. We are heading that way because we're getting away from this right here. We cannot do that. Let's hang on. So let's all stand together. Head down, nice close.